0: Year. uh we moved into this house as of april of 2017 and all my breeding attempts were in the fall of 2017 um pretty much most people <laughs> who breed anything morelia uh, especially carpets and green trees will tell you if you move you pretty much screwed yourself for that year
1: This is From the Ground Up, the story of me starting my reptile business. From the Ground Up, number 50, ultra special episode, aka we forgot it was number 50 until we did it. Brandon doesn't even know he's number 50, but he is, so that's why he brought out the hard liquor. To celebrate number 50 <laughs> and um, I forgot do what do I was supposed do. to do but shirts best yeah okay so on this podcast everything we're not gonna run ads we're not gonna do anything besides you hearing my voice right now the way to support our podcast our YouTube channel and all that stuff is we have shirts for sale like this snakes and beer shirt that I'm wearing right now and pretty much that is how you can support us. Please check out PoorCityPythons.com and thank you all for listening, for watching, for fucking being, for keeping Sorry. snakes. Sorry, Lilypad
2: said who's going to be number 69. <laughs> Lily Pad's disgusting.
1: The <laughs> most disgusting. I will definitely get back on
0: for 69.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, We are drinking 28th State Stout, a rich and creamy chocolate oatmeal stout, which, in my opinion, falls a little short. But that's okay. Brandon, what are you drinking over there?
0: Uh, I am drinking ripple and vodka. (laughs)
1: There you go. Drink of champions. It will get you. It's the old upper and downer combo.
0: I'm drinking Enchanted Rock Vodka, so gotta go with Texas. Never heard of Never that. heard of it? Where is it distilled?
2: How have you never heard of it? Enchanted Rock is in Texas. We've been in Texas for a year and a half.
0: How have y'all been here less than I have? I just oh. moved here almost four years ago.
1: Oh, from really? Southern I, California. All I All I got is Tito's. That's all I know as far as Texas and vodka goes.
0: Okay, we got Tito's too.
1: Yeah, which is... It's a great vodka. I like it.
2: Well, not much.
1: Well, you're doing... I'm drinking...
2: I think we did this last week also in Texas. We're all doing Texas. Um... This is made in. Can't tell you where it
1: is. It's made known. in Dallas, Texas. Oh, it's literally City five Atlanta. minutes down the street. It's Four Corners Brewery, Notorious OAT. You're looking like a real loser right now. Sorry. It's good though. It's a good stout. It's,
2: but, it's um, much better than his
1: I think stout. Evans Evans said that he would 69 you for 69. I think <laughs> that's what he meant.
2: Ooh, Lilypad said Brian Barchek for 69. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right we should probably <laughs> we should we should probably actually start the show brandon from reptiles by Brandon Sander. we just it's a pretty self-explanatory name right brandon what do you keep over there and uh what do you breed and whatnot
0: um i keep a variety still uh of different animals uh I have a few leopard geckos uh, that I've bred in the past. Um, I kind of stopped breeding them for a while, just because with my work schedule, uh, I have a regular day job. Unfortunately, I don't do this for uh, a living. Um, but between hatching a bunch of baby leopard geckos and keeping up with it, uh, I work. I'm a assistant general manager for a restaurant called Fifty Four Street Bar and Grill. So I pretty much work like 60 hours a week at my regular job. Uh, Dealing with all the babies and feeding and watering and maintenance and stuff like that when it comes to geckos, it's a little bit more difficult than uh, dealing with snakes. So uh, it took up a lot of time and it got to the point where it became very unmanageable. And so I decided after I pretty much wholesaled all the babies to a friend of mine, just said I'm, I'm, I'm done for a while until I can get a more normal schedule uh, I also keep uh, as you can probably see in the background here it's my uh, male nosy bee panther chameleon his name is Blue, uh, like jungle book uh, I have a pair or what I'm hoping is a pair of jungle carpet pythons I've got um, some green tree pythons and I also have one hybrid carpondro that I picked up from Tony, um, or I should say, it was actually my anniversary gift from my better half, um, was this little Carpondro, so he's pretty cool, he's a 50-50 uh, female, uh, sorry, Giapura male to a jungle carpet female.
1: Cool, so that's that animal that um, it looked it looks basically like a really cool Gamma Jack, but it was a Carpondro? Yeah. Awesome. Yep,
0: that's that same animal.
1: Sweet. So as far as um, stuff that you have up to size, I know you were shooting for a couple things this year. Um, What did you try to make go? Did things go? And how did it go,
0: basically? (laughs) Um, So I have an adult female, Aru Green Tree. Um, Her name is Azula. I'm sure everyone's seen me post pictures of her. Um, Actually whoa this is her right there she's looking at you guys like she wants food she looks big
2: we can't talk or it cuts out forgot that <laughs> uh yeah she's uh she's a good
0: size uh she's actually a, an older female uh i bought her from ian uh ian bissell um from SJ reptiles um a couple years ago, she'd actually laid, uh, three successful clutches, three years straight. Whoa. Um, so I gave her a year off and beefed her up. Uh, she did have an RI last winter, um, from, we had, uh, something go wrong in our apartment that we were living in at the time. And, um, for some reason we lost power and when the power came back on the heat to the apartment, never kicked back in. And it was one of the nights where like a few days ago when we were going through that freeze warning, we were having the exact same thing happen last year that time frame. And uh I pretty much lost heat to the apartment overnight and when I woke up that morning it was six degrees in the in our apartment.
2: Guess what? And
0: I didn't have a lot of heating thing at the time, so I literally like ran into the room and was like oh my gosh is everything alive and everything survived everything was fine with the exception of her and then my other female uh adult female uh mystique who's that fiock that's got the blue lips up coming down with a, a bit of an RI. Um, Azula took a little bit longer to get over hers, but she's also—I think she's about fourteen or fifteen, maybe sixteen years old. When I picked her up from Ian, she was—I think twelve or thirteen. Wow. So, did you have to treat
1: her like with antibiotics, or did you just heat humidity? What'd you do?
0: No, I actually took her right away um, and got her treatment. Um, I went to—there was a uh, a pro or an exotics vet um, that was—there's about three of them around here. Um, I've been to one before, didn't really care for her simply because she was actually afraid of the snakes, and like every time she would would throw this big, huge glove on, it literally looked like a falconer glove. nervous, so I ended up trying somewhere else first, and the guy immediately went to, didn't want to run a culture, didn't want to do any of that stuff, um, and he basically just wanted to pump a bowl full of Batril. So we started with Batril, and uh, I just went ahead and started them on the course and figured um, as soon as they were done, I'd take him back into the other vet and have him take a look at her getting any better. If she was better then I would have been you know, fine with that. Uh, Mystique got over uh, Mystique was cleared after the first round of Batril she did end up with a little bit of Batril scarring. Uh, I didn't get deep enough into the muscle tissue so she does have some scale scarring um, but uh, Azula ended up taking another round of antibiotics uh, I don't remember off the top of my head what they gave her in my records uh i keep all my vet records and stuff every time i go to a vet um but she ended up clearing up uh shortly after we started the second rounds uh she went back for another visit wow uh, <laughs> she went back for another visit afterwards and uh was cleared after that uh she and she's been healthy and clean ever since uh she eats like a champ she's always hungry Um, So this year uh, in October, uh, it was actually Halloween night. Uh, My better half and I took kiddo out and we went and did the Halloween thing and then we came back, put him back to uh, put him to bed and we were stepping out uh, to go to a local party that's around the corner and I looked at my... Uh, male green tree doc holiday who's the sarong and i was like you know what i wonder what would happen if i threw those two together and so i literally put them in the cage and uh, next thing i knew we came back uh, later that night and they were coiled up right next to each other hey well they're getting along they're fine i'll just leave them together and i woke up the next day to go to work and it was probably a about 6 7 o'clock in the morning and uh, as my usual routine as soon as I get up the first thing I do is walk into the reptile room and check everything out and uh, they were locked up
2: Oh, and I, thought I was, was like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: they, were, they were locked up and I couldn't believe it I was shocked because I literally didn't do anything I literally threw him in the cage and I was like wow like I wasn't expecting I, I, it's first time as far as I know um he is uh an import uh that I picked up from Harlan so uh unsure of his age but you know he's a little bit he's definitely quite a bit smaller uh I know you guys have seen the pictures so you know size reference he's a good size you know he's pretty small compared to her but you know he figured it out he got her all locked up and they stayed about they stayed like that for about an hour before uh the lock stopped uh, before they separated, and they pretty much just stayed cool up on a branch next to each other after that. Different things uh, to keep them interested. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have another male green tree, and so I don't have another shed that's laying around or anything, so I couldn't try dripping shed everywhere. Where
2: Uh-oh.
1: You're cutting out a little bit. He froze.
0: Oh, did I freeze? Yeah, you're back. You're good now. Okay. Uh, Well, I tried separation. I tried feeding uh, by, you know, uh, giving her a little bit, giving them both a little bit more food a little bit more frequently than the usual or than what I would normally give them to try and kind of uh, get that boost going. Uh, That's actually something that um, uh, Harlan Wall, gave me the tip on that to try and kind of stimulate and trick her senses into saying, Oh, it's time to ovulate. It's time to reproduce. There's plenty of food. So I've been trying that off and on. Um, and unfortunately it hasn't worked. Uh, she was looking really, really hormonal blue, which is what she's known for. Um, each time, uh, in her past, when she you know, when she produced when she ovulated, um, she turned that really nice hormonal blue, um, and she's actually managed to hold on to quite a bit of it. But she was looking more and more blue, um, but that hormonal blue, because um, she kind of, as you saw earlier, she's kind of got that bluish greenish hue, mm-hmm. as kind of more her normal colors. But she was looking really, really blue, so I was all excited and thinking, oh, okay, you know, hormonal, like, you know, she's ovulated, she's done it. I just completely missed the swell, Um, but she's yet to go off food, and her color is actually kind of dulling back down now. So I'm thinking I just missed it, and I just didn't get a good second ovulation.
1: You you think you missed ovulation or you didn't pair him up at the right time? Maybe you should have paired him up more or you needed an extra male to stimulate some type of, you know, territorial. I,
0: I think I probably could have done it if I had another male to stimulate some more action. Um, I did actually try in there because he is a male um, to try and stimulate anything. And with him being a 50-50, as you guys were talking with Bill about it before, uh, 50-50 males are notorious for being sterile. So I figured it wouldn't hurt anything, even if he did decide to walk up. Right. Uh, It wasn't going to do any damage because he... um, But he was actually afraid of her. (laughs) He's kind of a wuss. (laughs) But... um, he pretty much stayed as far away from her as possible. But oddly enough, again, even with having a sense around the cage, I tried reintroducing Doc Holliday. Came back in and they kind of coiled where they do that coil where like it's his body coil, her body coil, his body coil, her body coil. And but they never actually walked tails. So there was no there was no further walks after that. Uh, it was just that one- time lock for you know I'm guessing probably an hour or maybe a little bit longer. I got one lock out of it.
1: <laughs> so was that was that first pairing is that in line of where you would want to as far as seasonality? I've been I tried to get in like an absolute answer from Bill, but he kind of doesn't really have a one plus one equals two as far as seasonality and stuff like that. So like what were you shooting for? Like did you know that, hey, it's October, she may wanna pair up now, or were you just like, fuck it, let's see if this works.
0: I was definitely like, fuck it, see if it works. Um, <laughs> when it comes to green trees, there really isn't a seasonality thing. Um, I've been talking to Harlan a lot about it. Um, and Harlan actually breeds green trees all year long. And he does it by, he keeps the room, he heats his entire room. He does everything ambient temperature. There's no heating panels, nothing on his any of his setups. And he gets, he does everything cycle, uh, feeding cycle. So right. he will actually cut food off when he wants to breed a specific, when he's looking to breed a specific female. He will cut her off of food, and then he will re start reintroducing food after she's been cut off of food for about three months or so, and then for the first. He gets them on a slow start and then after that, he slowly ramps them up into where he's actually feeding them every three days.
1: Whoa. So but yeah, just that's feeding significantly, meal. if people don't know green trees, I mean, I know I a week and a half to two weeks every time before a meal, so three days would be significant. Is it is Every three days, is that going to be like a real small meal, like a small mouse or something or is it a regular-sized meal? <clears throat>
0: Well, again, with green trees, they should be eating smaller meals anyways. The um, mystique are both large animals um, for green trees and they still they can both easily handle small rats. No problem. Um, I've actually seen mystique eat a medium rat and not even flinch. like she looked swole, but that was it. And within two days she'd had it process to where she was down to looking normal. Really? Um, however, you know, I feed, uh, I know there's been a lot of discussion as far as feeding, the, the difference between feeding mice and rats when it comes to green trees. Um, and after talking with both Harlan and Ian uh, in great length and detail, and of course, you know, Harlan, he doesn't do anything in short bursts. Everything is not creative. <laughs> I started, uh, I, I stopped feeding rats at all unless I had an extra one and, you know, nobody else wanted to eat it. Then that's pretty much the only time that I will feed the, the, the dog green trees rats. Right. Uh, other than that, they get jumbo mice.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, I think it was Rico who was adamant about the fact that feeding rats would, as far as either the skin or the fur would, wouldn't be able. You know, the green cheese wouldn't be able to digest them properly or as fast, maybe as mice or something like that. So that that may may lead to prolapse or Okay,
2: sorry, your mic's not working something because look lily passed that she couldn't hear you and it's because i had my mic off for a second look when you talk one one. yeah it's working there you go all right so
1: now i'm actually talking into a mic yeah you were they were
2: just it was just picking up from my mic before
1: so do you do you know if um i know some people in certain pythons like do the lockups start the female cycle or does the female cycle start and then you lock up, if you know what I mean? Like, some people think that the lockups will stimulate and start a female cycle.
0: I think the, I think it's the female cycle has to start first, and then you get the lock. However, I'm pretty sure I think Harlan and Ian... I talked about this with them too. They can actually store, do like a, a, they can actually store it as well. So if they get, if you were to get a walk up, a little bit ahead of time. Granted, I don't think the storage is a particularly long. Walk-up. So if you were to have a copulation and then they started to ovulate, you'll probably still get something out of it. But I think if you're going to go that direction. I think it greatly decreases your chances okay. of having full term.
1: It's almost like they want to reproduce, but we get in the way sometimes. Even if you fuck yeah. up a little bit, I mean, they'll store sperm and they'll still cycle and do all that stuff. So do you think that now you saw her go hormonal blue? You think that that's like, that's it now for a year or a certain period of time?
0: Um, actually, I want to give it another go. Um, I'm going to actually... Um, I'm going to cut her off of food for a while. Uh, I've actually already separated them again. And I'm going to give it another go where I cut her off food for a while. And then I'm going to food do and try and re-stimulate it. Uh, it'll definitely throw off her what might be their normal cycle. Um, But I want to see if I can't trick her into recycling again.
1: And she's not going off food at any point, so you don't think it's any harm to just
0: um, recycle or do anything like that? Exactly. She never stopped going for food. Uh, If anything, actually, during that time, she went hormonal blue. She acted hungrier. Uh, She was pretty much every day scoping out, looking for food. Um doing the tail luring or the coddle luring where she was like waggling her tail going where's the food come on mm-hmm.
1: sweet sorry i <laughs> just spilled good. beer all over well, myself good, uh, I, can finally, I was like, trying not to say anything once. and i but i was
2: you really i really yeah. spilled it all over Okay, well me. i can finally talk for there once you the go whole
1: thing. okay first one we're call. having a conversation between me yeah Go. <laughs> <laughs>
2: First, I want to apologize to everyone who's listening, watching. I don't know what the fuck's going on. You don't on have with to take time to do today. that. Go on. Um, second one, I wanted <laughs> to say. Uh, oh,
1: what is hormonal blue? Is what you're.
2: Can I, you oh, have, um, beer stuck in your butt chin. Thank you. <laughs> really S- stay fucking professional, <laughs> God <damn> it. Ask <laughs> the damn question. <laughs> um, well, second one's just a comment that when you were talking about your power going out, I'm to let you know we had that exact issue on Monday. Yeah. We, uh, it was, you know, it was during that freeze time, or maybe it was over. I don't remember. During those twenty degree days, you know, we woke up. I noticed the lights didn't uh, turn on in the bathroom. I'm like, what's going on? Lights didn't turn on the bedroom. Lights didn't turn on all these places. And we go out to our little storage area where we're brooding all of our corn snakes. We're like, awesome. The heater's not working. And oh, had- no. so it got
1: it got too cold and obviously the heater was overworked. It tripped the breaker and basically fucking <laughs> turned off. But of course it happened while we were off. sleeping. So like And I, I went in there we had
2: no idea while we were sleeping and it didn't it tripped the breaker only in some spots. So the heater was still working. So it's the thing it's like if it had fucked up the heater, we would have woken up in the middle of the night because we would have been freezing. But it didn't fuck up the heater, but it fucked up Snakes. And okay, finish the story.
1: Sorry. <laughs> so, um, Brandon, explain a little bit. No, I wasn't you... done
2: all my comments. Holy <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> I thought you were fishing the... Well, no, I'm okay. trying to talk to okay. him instead okay. of you doing the story. Well, little I was trying time, to hint to show that I understood his pain and worry <laughs> yeah. of freaking out about the power going out because when we went in our little room, it was like 30 something degrees in there. And I was yeah. terrified.
0: I can't even imagine with the corn snakes. I used to keep and breed kings and corns uh, when I was living in Southern California. And corn snakes, though, and king snakes, God, those things are hardy. You've got to really screw up to kill those damn (laughs) things. So let's see if we fucked up.
2: Yeah, <laughs> we for a little bit we're like, okay, they're not moving. Now granted, they're in formation, but we're like, they're not moving. They're not moving. And one had ninety-five percent of its body in the deli cup filled with water. I'm like, oh, okay, just died. Like you're in the, the water and like it's about in- to be fucking ice. Yeah, dude. like the water was doing? close to ice and it was in the water. I'm like, oh, okay, it's just you know committing suicide in the water right now. Like <laughs> it was a very scary feeling. But they're all they're moving now. So we got we figured it out. Okay. Second, third question, whatever. What the fuck is hormonal blue? <laughs> this whole time, I'm like, I yeah, I don't know what that means or why okay. that's
0: so, the name. Hormonal blue is actually pretty easy to explain. Um, so you have different levels of blue when it comes to green trees. You've got natural normal blue, which is, for example, um, like Doc Holliday. Uh, Doc Holliday actually has normal blue. So it's basically just blue markings on his skin and that's just part of his pattern, that's just part of his look. You have hormonal blue, Azula is. Now Azula is an Aru. Um, Aru's are particularly known for having uh, blue down like the bottom part of their scales and belly. Um, as well as you know a few highlights in some other places, but they're pretty much notorious more notorious for the green scalation, scaling going down their spine. Um, as and I'll show you some of that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
2: Great, great, yeah, ring good tone. ringtones.
0: Thank you. That's actually uh, the better half ringtone, so She's calling, <laughs> she just got put on ignore. Um, so if you can see some of the white scales on her uh-huh. back, um, our mo- generally have more than this. She has a very minimal amount of white scaling. Okay. or white fl- open this a
2: bit.
0: Don't get bit. I don't know if that's a better. <laughs> oh, she's fine. Okay, um, actually. I'll do you one better.
2: Oh, our fans will love this.
1: (laughs) Now, I have heard that um, you can't be hormonal blue and display, like, bright yellows on the side or something at the same time, or, like, there's one way to tell how a green tree will stay blue or if it's a hormonal blue. Do you know anything about that? Now, if you think think about it,
0: so when humans get pregnant, if you were to get pregnant... I know nothing about (laughs) that. Oh well, I have a kid. I've been through all this. Um, Your your body will naturally change. You have all your normal hormones and even just normal things about your body will change because your body has to change itself and adapt itself in order to produce a baby. Yeah, in order to grow this thing inside of you. Yeah okay so with snakes it's actually very very similar their body goes through changes changes in there when it comes to hormonal blue is the pigment of the skin will actually begin to change and there's a lot of debate about it scientifically if you think about it i personally feel it's because they have that natural actual blue hue under their skin anyways there that gives it that greenish cast or a green tone sometimes in different levels so when they are producing follicles and then the follicles turn into eggs um it's going to suck their their body is so trying to produce and manage growing these eggs and growing these you know extra beans inside of them it's actually take so focused on that that it's pulling everything that the animal has away from the non-necessities. So for example, keeping coloration and skin tone pigment, so the body is going to pull all that away to try and continue to work on keeping these eggs and creating these eggs and making healthy eggs.
2: That makes sense, kind of.
0: So in the process, that second layer of pigmentation that hormones that comes from you know different parts of the biology of the snake working together to create you know the illusion of it being green so it can blend in with the forest and everything Mm -hmm. around it you know gets pulled away and so of course with that already blue undertone to their skin that's all you're going to see because it's going to suck away that green pigment
2: That's
0: that's what i think i (laughs) <laughs> not done a study on it do not quote me on this but from, from taking biology and from you know being a natural scientist and doing minor studies of my own that's how i that's personally what i think is going on and why they turn the hormonal blue colors blue animals which is like bill's cyclops is mountain Cyclops female, those animals are born and they change blue from being a neonate. Mm-hmm. As opposed to she was a green snake, she got pregnant, and then she turned blue. Okay. Hormonal blue, they can actually revert back to their original color.
2: Oh, when you some, get unpregnant, you don't get it back?
0: <laughs> well, some animals will, it's all dependent on the animal. Some animals will actually hang on to the blue more so than others. Some will get hormonal blue and hold on to it forever. Others will hold on to it for a year or six months before they slowly start to lose some of that blue pigment. Some animals will lose it, you know, right away. Specific. Um, fortunately, Azula here has actually managed to hold on to quite a bit. Um And again, just gets more phenomenal looking every time she even attempts to start shifting. Awesome. So you think she
1: was definitely developing follicles. So you think she just kind of sucked those all back up?
0: Yeah, I think she did. I think I never saw an ovulation swell, which is where the bottom third of their body will swell up. Um, But I think her, 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 her hormones were getting into gear and ramping up for it. Um, I just think that she didn't get any of the attention or any of the locks that she needed in order to continue to produce the follicles or go the full term of the pregnancy.
2: Okay, this is a pure speculation question. But if the snake knows that it's possible for it to turn blue when it's pregnant, do you think it goes to like? You're already smiling like you know it's gonna be dumb, and you're making me okay, feel more gone. dumb to say it. So stop looking at me. Alright, do it. do it. Does it go to like blue areas to be in camouflage? Because like before it'd be. In oh, green. so
1: do you think? Do they think that they that they're vulnerable at that
2: point? Right, and so do it's they. Do you think they move to like bluer? I don't know. Because he talked, you know, the green is the is part camouflage from yeah. the trees and stuff. But then when they're prego and they turn blue, do which they makes stay them more the
1: vulnerable. Same, right? Do they way stay in the, the and, right?
2: Being pregnant makes you more vulnerable at all. But do they sit? Do they stay in the?
1: I don't know if there's blue areas, but Brandon, take that. But try to make sense better. of that.
0: <laughs> but that's also would say or imply that every snake turns blue when it becomes pregnant, and that's also not the case. Mm. Right. Not every snake does that. Um, that is again uh, more animal specific. Um, I personally think that they would actually blend in just fine. Um, you are going to see a lot of blue variation uh, colors in the wild as well, uh, especially you know with the sky being blue. Granted, at the same time, it's very difficult to set to say exactly, simply because we don't know or completely understand the way other animals see color,
2: or Whoa, if they. Oh, I didn't think color. about that.
0: So, again, it's all kind of speculation until we can fully understand and grasp it. Mm-hmm. Uh, chameleons, on the other hand, we understand chameleons can see extremely great detail and they can see colors that we can't see they can also see light spectrums that we can't see their eyes are probably one of the most advanced eyes of any being that we have yet to know of
2: wait how do we know they see shit if we don't see it
0: There have been a lot of different studies on chameleons and the way uh, the ocular vision. Uh, I happen to listen to a lot of different podcasts and because I like chameleons and um, I think they're really cool, Uh, there's actually a chameleon podcast by Bill Strand, who is a breeder keeper. He also builds his own cages and manufactures his own cages and all this other kind of stuff. I tune into his podcast as well and I check it out. and He actually had a scientist on there who was talking about the, their, their sense of, like, like, their eyes basically. Like, the whole podcast was about their eyes, the way they work, the way they move, why they work and move the way they do. Because, for example, you know, we use heat lamps a lot of times when keeping reptiles, the, you know, the, the red bulls.
2: Mm, yeah, we don't like those here.
0: <sighs> yeah, We
1: yeah, don't like a- <laughs> our our child scientist said that we have 3 cones in our eyes and they have none. Chameleons? Yeah.
2: But I still don't get how you can see that they but, see shit. We but, can't yeah, talk but to I, them and we can't we are
1: assuming off of, I guess, the physical, you know, looking at it physically, what they have physically, the potential for, it, in comparison to other things so that they we do but, know.
2: I'm gonna have to listen to this. Well, podcast, I wanted. I don't see. I don't get. How well, I wanted
1: it. to ask Brandon about chameleons later, but we <laughs> had we had to because I know he has chameleons, so I want to talk about that later. But we have two more things to hit on as far as green tree pythons. So. Um, was she in a Rue like a wild caught from Ian or was she captive bred? And then the second question is Nido. Have you tested them for Nido? Do you care about Nido? Are you going crazy about Nido? That's all.
0: Those are actually great questions. Uh, to answer the first question, uh, she is a captive born and bred, Aru. Uh, Ian did purchase her from another buyer or from another person, but he has been in her care or she has been in his care from the time she was, I think he said nine or six months old all the way up until I purchased her. Um, so she is CBB, um, and she's been a great animal, uh, as far as the NIDO concern or the NIDO questions. Uh, I am concerned for Nido but um, we have, at this point, we have more questions about it than we have answers.
1: Right.
0: So I'm not freaking out completely, because I also understand that Nido has actually probably been around. Forever? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've probably been alive, or at least around what I've Always been alive. Been there. Yeah, Um, but you know, it's been around, it's common, it's common in the Python, and Python specifically, and I think we just called it something else at the time. Well, it was always...
1: It was always green. Oh, wow. These are hard to keep, they suddenly die, they get RIs, all this stuff that suddenly happens. And it turns out, I mean, I wanna think that NIDO may be something that maybe your snakes are good because they had an RI and they got past it as far as maybe NIDO is makes drops the immune system down and then once they're susceptible to shit and they get an R I they die automatically very quickly. That's a speculation.
0: Right. You know- in a lot of ways I, I agree i think you can view it almost like and this is going to probably be the worst yeah exactly <laughs> it, it, it compromises their immune system and you have some animals that are going to just naturally be stronger than others and they are going to Continue, like again, you. How many times have we heard about green trees that will be positive carriers? They'll, they'll test positive for it, but they'll be asymptomatic. They won't have any symptoms of it. And they'll be good. You know, they, they won't have any issues. And I think some of that goes just as much towards the keepers if you keep them correctly you're keeping all the things to be as far as temperature humidity not doing too much humidity not doing too little those kinds of things and the snake can still thrive then you should be all right obviously you're going to have some that are weaker than others and personally what i feel is you will see less Wild caught animals that test positive for nido drop dead. Than you would CBB. Mm. And the reason I say that is because many animals in CBB that are CBB have either been bred it back into their own genetics. We all know what that will do to the human to the body. Snakes and other animals get along. Seem to deal what better with that than humans do, you might deal with that to a certain point. Look at so many of those other genes out there that re-bet, rebred back into itself so many times over, there's only so much that anybody can take of that. Right. And I think that – or you're running into cases where we're crossing so many different species together that it eventually is just weakening the genes. Amazing-looking animals, but at the same time, the genetics are being cut so many times over that there's just too many chinks in the chain, so to speak. Yeah.
1: And I mean if we started off with one – with one carrier but really green trees are hard to breed but the most but the best breeders just happen to be positive for NIDA you could see how it would spread through the whole chondro community pretty much immediately when there's only like five motherfuckers who who breed them every year you know it seems pretty easy for a virus to get to everyone because there's only five people breeding them and everyone trades with the same people and everyone's collections
0: connected in some way yeah that, and let's face it it's a virus it doesn't care about anything else except for prolonging its existence
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's not specific to uh, i don't care that i'm gonna it can be a as far as we know it could be a host in our own bodies and then we're passing it along to the animals
1: that's true I mean, we definitely know that there is a strand for ball pythons and there is a strand for green trees. And certainly we can get in other Morelia as far as carpet pythons. Uh, Maybe even we brought this up the other week about like maybe carpets could be the carrier but just like boas and ibd boas don't necessarily die from ibd but if they give it to a python the pythons die so maybe carpets could carry it with no problems but you have carpets and green trees which we pretty much all do in a room together and one gives nato to the other yeah i mean
0: i'm not gonna lie i'm a great example so And there's the carpets up top. hmm Uh, you can't really see them. They're buried underneath cork bark and towel, or puppy pads. Yeah.
2: Oh, that's smart puppy
1: pads. Well, that's like the, uh, the Bill paper. Stiegel <laughs> method.
0: Yeah, uh, I actually, I will fully admit, uh, and actually, here we go. So we'll go check out Star-Lord, who's the Carpondro.
2: So he's got substrate. with these names after this? Explain the names.
0: Uh, (laughs) I'll do my best. (laughs) Um, So as you can see, Star Lord is got substrate on his. Okay. Freaking hate it. (laughs) It looks great in this particular cage in this particular Uh setup, but God, it's a pain to clean. I hate it. He's basking in those marijuana leaves, though. Oh, yeah. He's holding on tight. He's he's guarding them. The the ironic thing is I don't even do that. I don't even smoke. (laughs) Eh,
1: That's a good decoration. I mean, I don't know why. That's like, I see that in a lot of cages and I'm like, I don't know if people know that that looks like weed (laughs) or is it just (laughs) a thing that, I don't know. Who's designing this? It's a Japanese maple or I don't know. (laughs) But the, the names, what is, um, do you have any method with your names?
0: Uh, OK, so as far as the naming goes, um, I get, so I just kind of like work with my animals before I name them. Uh, I do have a Neonate from Ian. Uh, it's the one that was a Cyclops to an Aru Pyra. Um, and I haven't named it yet because it's still tiny, and I just haven't thought of something. Uh, I have an idea, but I'm not sure if I want to actually go with it or not. But Azula was pretty easy. Uh, she's hormonal blue. Blue is, you know, Azul is Spanish for blue. Uh, you also have it. Also fits in kind of with my theme, so to speak. um Pretty much all my animals have names from movies or TV shows, something like that. Uh, Azula is the evil sister in um, oh, what is that called? Uh, the Last Airbender series. Okay,
2: okay,
0: I remember that. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah Nickelodeon. Uh-huh. My son's super uh-huh. into it, so. <laughs> I mean, I'm so the, sister, the the evil sister from the Fire Nation, her name is Azula, and it, so it just kind of all worked out. Um, Star-Lord is a hybrid, and being, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, Star-Lord is actually a hybrid because he's part human and part of this sentient being thing, so that's why he got his name. Uh, Doc Holliday, obviously, if you don't know Tombstone, Lord help you.
2: I have um, no idea what you're talking just, about. <laughs> You've never seen Tombstone?
0: Oh, Joe. I, I haven't either.
1: <laughs> Is it, it's a John oh, Wayne movie or some gosh. shit, right?
2: Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh my god! I've never even heard of okay, it. Like, so, not just haven't seen it, haven't heard of it.
0: Go on Netflix. It's on Netflix. It's like, look at the Western, it's- right? Yeah, it's like an old western. It's got uh, Val Kilmer, and uh, oh, I can't even think of everybody's name at the moment. Oh, uh, it, but it's got like so many like amazing characters. And Doc Holliday was played by Val Kilmer, and it's got Kurt Russell in it as well. Kurt Russell plays um oh what was that old western guy's name? Uh, oh, he's famous too, son. Of a biscuit. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but he's the one that basically him and Doc Holliday end up are like exact opposites of each other, friends. And Doc Holliday's famous line in that movie was, "I'll be your huckleberry."
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> so
0: whenever you guys see me post that thing with Doc Holl- Holliday, and I'm sure you guys have seen somebody say, "Oh yeah, I mentioned the huckleberry line."
2: Yeah, yeah, I've That's heard what that. <laughs> Right over my yeah,
0: head. That's our, we're
2: talking about Tombstone. Okay, I guess we need to watch it. Dark Holiday. I don't know. Speaking of Dark Holiday. Our levels with technology are so low right now. We're down to one microphone. <laughs> we came on like 20 minutes late. Like everything's fucking yeah, up. Yeah, we gotta right. share this mic. I kept fucking with yours. It just went. Wanna... Oh, wait. He's showing us a snake. Hold on.
1: We're trying. There you go.
2: So that's, that's a just
1: um, the the blue dorsal down, or the the blue stripe down the dorsal. What is that indicative of as far as uh, locality and stuff like that?
0: It's not necessarily indicative of the locality. I mean, it is a locality trait, um, and obviously he was from what I've heard and. Talked about. uh, He was a yellow neonate. Sarongs are more notorious for being yellow, but you can tell because his saddles, which are little triangles on his back, uh, are all filled in as opposed to being um, hollow, so to speak, uh, as to where you would see the blue coloration as the outline of the triangle versus actually being
2: the triangle itself filled in. But...
1: Yeah cuz yeah. ours is is giant sarong, but the the line down the dorsal is very faint blue but it's it's not triangulated
0: like that. Yeah. Sorry, I'm trying to like get some slightly better lighting cuz No, that, um, that lamp was
2: the lamp that you just had or whatever was, was great. Yeah. That was really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: It looks like you're in an interrogation right now. Because
2: <laughs> the rest of it is... Yeah. Well,
0: the lamp is actually a plant light, so it's actually <laughs> you,
1: hot. You want a so, cigarette or something?
0: Uh, yeah, actually, it sounds good after my second drink now. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't smoke in the animal room, so... I don't even smoke in the house. I smoke outside, so... Mm, I'm stuck to for the moment. <laughs> Oh, Evan's trying to quit smoking. I'm so happy that he quit. Good for him. I've quit four times, and every time I end up picking it back up, even after I quit one time for a month and a half, and... Pick it right back up afterwards
1: i mean working in like a bar or a restaurant where i'm sure there's a bunch of other people who smoke or if you drink if you go out with your co-workers on the weekend and they smoke then these are just so many ways to get derailed oh yeah yeah
0: it definitely does not help at all
2: mm-hmm.
0: um fix this light a little bit so where it's not right on the
2: face <laughs> Evan asked ew, where did the question go? Is there issues with puppy pads with terrestrials?
0: Uh, well, <laughs> yes and no. Um, for example, the carpets, as you saw earlier, that were buried underneath the puppy pad. Um, so obviously, they can get underneath the puppy pad when they're terrestrials, which doesn't do you a whole lot of good. Get um, Get down! <laughs> Sorry, we have dogs too. So for those of you that think that us reptile people are all crazy and we can't keep other animals, no, we have three cats, three dogs, and it's all this. Right. Um. As far as that goes, yeah, it can be a problem um, because they're going to bury underneath the puppy pads on occasions, and if they go to the bathroom under there, the puppy pads are basically useless because they're going to just go all over the cage (laughs) and which means that i'm going to have to clean that up
1: right i mean i use newspaper which i don't find too far from a puppy pad as far as carpets go but i mean mine don't go under them i feel like just because i have hides that kind of hold down the newspaper but most of the time they shit in the corner anyway and you end up having to clean it up no matter what so (laughs)
0: Very, very true. Um, And it is weird because as you can see with my setup here, I actually have two pieces of cork bark, which are plenty big enough to fit both of them at the same time. Where are you going, Doc? No, you can't go up there. Um, And yet they're still under the cork bark, but they're under the puppy path. (laughs) I don't know know if it just wasn't secure enough for them. Um, I do have a couple extra of the like big, thick, heavy hives that you would get from like Petco or PetSmart. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just don't use those as often. Um, They're just expensive and they're a pain. Uh, They're actually really difficult to clean as opposed to where this piece of cork bark, I can literally throw it in a tub with some bleach water and I can clean it and sanitize it super easily um, as to where... Those things are a little bit difficult because they have lots more cracks, crevices. Uh, trying to scrub them clean is huge pain. I've done it before. Uh, I use those hides before with corns and kings and uh, other jungle carpets and things like that. It's just like I said, it's just a pain.
1: Now that we're on like husbandry stuff, um, what size enclosures are you using for green trees? And is it different between males and females?
0: Uh, absolutely. Um, so I was telling you earlier, I was planning on making some changes. Uh, this year I am actually going to completely focus on setting up my room the way I want it. Um, I would like to get everything organized and in a very single file
2: kind of way. Um, so right now... Sorry, Evan keeps saying uh, these to, two Evan cages, keeps saying two to tell you that your uh, snake looks like it's about to shit on you. <laughs> two long by 24
0: inch deep by 18 inch tall. Uh, these are pvccages.com uh, cages. Uh, so far, absolutely love these. These things are the best thing I've ever spent money on when it comes to reptile cages. Yeah, um, I've used vision. I've used several other different kinds of caging, and Doc is crawling on my head. Um, <laughs> Evan Evan
1: keeps on saying that he thinks it's about to shit on you. So <laughs> uh,
0: if he does, may it's may be fine. possible. He's also probably getting ready to shed too. So uh, he's looking like he's getting ready to start being in blue. But it seems like. But not hormonal blue. No. Not hormonal blue. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: So, um, I mean, it seems like you. you, you use... Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, you were saying earlier that uh, you were going to try and show all your fans uh, about handling green trees and how calm they are. Yeah. And it might not have been a good day. So, <laughs> I figured I'd make it up to you and. Uh... <laughs> like yeah this is what you like and as you can see i'm taunting him i'm poking my finger at him i'm moving my hand in front of him and he's not even attempting to go at me at all he's just backing away he just knows like oh okay i'm not supposed to be doing this i'm gonna i'm gonna creep away um so again back to husbandry so again those are those two cages i do have this one giant exoteric cage up here that star lord is in i have slightly modified it um i just used this i don't even know what to call this stuff but it's like this white holy uh, it's like a hard plastic almost uh you get it from lowe's it's like costs like seven dollars a
1: sheet basically just something to make sure the screen top doesn't leak humidity out
0: Keeps Exactly, the in. and then it's got the little Exoterra light on top of it, you know, which obviously is still going to let humidity out, but you still want some kind of airflow through. Um, is that so just kind of, cool of primarily for looks? The lighting. Yes. Yeah. It's, and I enjoy looking at my animals, you know, and to me they're not just animals, they're pets. They're something I care about and it's something I enjoy and I really want to see, and I want to see them always looking in their best condition and lighting helps. Um, I'm actually going to change the lights in all these cages. Um, I'm going to continue to build up stacks of these three-foots. These three-foots are going to be for adult green trees, uh, females, as well as uh, carpets. Uh, Pretty much, I feel any carpet, male or female, should fit in a three-foot without issue. Um, We shouldn't be growing them to the size... Especially, jungle, I should say, jungle carpets. We shouldn't be growing them to their full size of six or seven feet, which they can easily achieve, um, both males and females. Um, I think we're just, again, overfeeding them. We're trying to rush the breeding process by stuffing food down them as fast as we can and to get them up to size as opposed to waiting for the age to kick in. So I think, honestly, you can actually probably do the same thing, when it comes to jungles at least, with, as you can with green trees, you can probably keep females in three foots and males in two foots, if you just keep them smaller.
1: Absolutely. Preach, because we always uh, I mean, I keep my jungles in smaller. I mean, that's only three feet long. So. I do the same thing, and mine are all jungles. So, and my males are basically corn snakes, and then my females are just or er, I don't have any females, so my males are just a bunch of corn snakes. But I mean, as far as green trees, like I, I was going to make a story of me handling my green tree, but I like to keep them hungry. I mean, I don't feed a lot, and I feed small meals. So unfortunately, like I feel like there's a danger zone of like every time when it's dark out. The night, they usually want to eat something, or like one to two days after feeding, and then like two weeks later. So like everything in between after two days of feeding to two weeks later, you can handle them and everything's cool. That's at least how my green tree acts. I mean, what do you find as far as the behavior of your animals?
0: Um, I find mine actually to be much more so on the cage-aggressive side. Um, Except for Doc, Doc Holliday is actually extremely mellow um, pretty much all the time. He never really shows any type or sign of aggression, um, whether he's in his cage or not. I very, very rarely see him attempt to strike out anything without action or provocation, however you okay. say it.
2: Yeah, being prompted or something, yeah. He's got to be provoked. He's got to be ticked off. Um,
0: sometimes, even during feeding, he seems to just kind of want to be left alone, and I have to actually make him mad even as an adult. Oh, no. In order for him to eat, a little bit frustrating, but at the same time, like... Meant to be kept smaller, anyways.
2: I'd rather that than. Yeah, the mic on? Something that's just always ready to strike. Yeah. Um, but even Azula, for example,
0: um, most of the time Azula, even when she's hungry, she will be fine to handle as soon as you get her out of her cage. Um. If, for example, if I were to open the cage and she were to attempt to strike at me, I would be okay with it. I'd still even be okay with handling her, even if she hasn't been fed in a while, simply because I know that that I know I know when I realize and understand that the minute I pull her perch out, and most of the time I will just pull her perch out first. I won't actually pull her off her perch uh straight out of the cage i'll just pull her perch out and then i will pull her off the perch she's generally pretty mellow once she gets out of the cage and she's pretty just kind of awestruck or whatever it is you want to call it about everything new that's around her she's like oh i want to go investigate this i want to go look at this this seems cool (laughs) and also that being said Anybody who says green trees are easy to take pictures of because all you got to do is just curl up on a perch has never tried to take a picture of a green tree outside. They don't care. Once (laughs) you
1: move them, you're fucked. You got to really keep them stationary.
0: Yes, they don't want to stop moving. It's like all of a sudden, oh, we're going to move and cruise around and go everywhere. And I'm like, oh. Stay still. You're looking perfect right now. Like, nope. We're gonna move.
1: Yeah. Like, if I, try to, if I try to take mine off the perch, it just goes straight panic mode and is like moving around everywhere. And like, you need to take the perch off and then bring the perch out in the sunlight and leave it be. And then they'll probably be cool. But once you're off that perch, if you want to try to get them on a tree outside or something, they don't stop.
0: No, mine, once you get, take the perch out or take the perch out of the cage and then get them outside. The sun hits them and they're like, oh my God, let's go check everything out. And they literally start cruising everywhere. It doesn't matter if they're on their original perch or not. They don't care. They're like, oh, all these new scents, all these new smells, all of everything else. And of course, I take them out to my backyard, which is also where the dogs are. So they probably have dog smell everywhere. <clears throat> they don't know whether they're As they're to they to eat or be. Eaten dogs too so Uh our dogs are the smallest one is 35 pounds
1: so as far as um what was i about to say (laughs) um taking pictures of green cheese and stuff like that are you always trying to go natural sunlight and then as far as once you see them in that sunlight like some people notice that if they have a window in the house like the snake will go towards the window or it people some people like to keep uv uvb do you think uv light has anything to do with anything does it
0: matter does it not i think uvb lighting does actually matter um not the only person that feels that way uh i think we can and obviously we've demonstrated it often enough to where they don't need it i mean heck, you know rico so many people have bred these animals in racks with no lighting at all um but i think as far as their coloration i think it actually makes a difference um I think natural sunlight do them very well. Um, It's no different than chameleons. Chameleons absolutely need it. They thrive on it. And yet, you know, blue, you know, they absolutely need it and they thrive on it. And I think you're talking about an animal that sits on a tree branch 90% of its life know whether it's high or low it's still getting uvb there's still sunlight filtering through the trees and it filters through so much better it doesn't we all know that uvb does not filter through glass right and we can still recognize that there are snakes that will move to where they know the sunlight is going to hit their cage through the window at a certain point and they will stay there at that time (coughs) ian that has actually noticed that his animals will move to where the light comes through the window and hits the cage Azula you know her heat pad or her heat panel is way back there in the corner and this is where she chills she doesn't move from that spot hardly ever have a nice big window right here
2: oh she's getting that sun and
0: it gets a lot of light coming through this window right and there's a giant oak tree in the backyard that pretty much covers most of the backyard but it still gets a lot of indirect sunlight that comes through into this room so I really think that the reason she chose this first perch right here in the front away from again I've got plants not real plants but I've got fake foliage and stuff like that where she can hide and she can sit on from
2: it, and she. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It froze. Froze. Oh, oh, it froze. Oh, we no. lost him. All right, Uh-oh. let's wait this a little just, bit. Where he comes typical back. Typical of this podcast. Maybe he's just moving his laptop a and little moving bit too his much. He was trying much. to show too much. It's like he's still hopefully he'll come. There. Back. He's still he just, there,
1: but hopefully he'll the video. come
2: back. I don't know. But do you see how bad our video quality is on YouTube? It is right now. I don't know. It goes in and out. I don't know why. Internet's
1: been so, so shady. Oh, he's back. I mean, at least we'll get... Okay, we lost you for a second.
0: Sorry, I set the laptop down. Look what you did.
1: (laughs) How do we make it go back to going? So, talking to, like, chameleon idiots, that's a panther chameleon back there, right? (laughs) Yes,
0: (laughs) Yes, that <laughs> is a panther too. I made it. The subspecies, uh, the subspecies is called, or the locality, I guess, it would probably be the better word for it. Uh, locality is nosy bee, wow. uh, which is from that island of nosy bee. Um, they have a lot like green trees, actually. There are different localities based on, where they're from. Uh, you have Nosy Bee, you have Nosy Folly, you have Ammobile, or i am not, I probably butchered the crab. I was going to ask
1: you how to pronounce that. Yeah, you have Ammobile or
0: how I don't know how to say it. Now, is that around Madagascar? Or am I making it Yeah. Nope. Yep, yeah, they're all around Madagascar. Or in Madagascar.
1: <laughs> right. So, I mean, I know that obviously the males are the most colorful But from what I understand, they only really live like three to five years, maybe like eight, if that's, that's is that true? Uh,
0: Some of it is going to depend on the species of communion that you get. Uh, As far as panthers, panthers actually live anywhere between five and eight years as colors go and no when it comes to males versus females i've seen some absolutely stunningly colored females um a lot of it is going to depend on again your breeders it's a lot like green trees if you go with people that line breed things for example uh the camera family from or like i specifically know brianna uh, camera
1: herself I'll find it
0: um Wonderful things with chameleons and panther chameleons. They are breeding some insanely intense colors, even out of females. You're getting purples and blues and oranges and reds out of females. It's just incredible. I've honestly not seen anything like it.
1: So from what I've seen, as far as um, like I follow, you know, Camouflage Creations, you know, that's the biggest. Yes. That's a that's the biggest producer of panthers, and you see those females typically have more like grayish and pinkish hues, and they're they are really really nice, but those really the quintessential ones that you think of are those those larger males, and the females stay a lot smaller, correct?
0: Yes. Females will stay a lot smaller and yes, you are right. Uh, when it comes to males versus females on that, you will see a larger color spectrum, uh, going male versus female, you've got males that you've got anywhere from red body and blue bar with blue body, red bars, where you've got so many different color spectrums hitting everything. You've got, uh, the same thing where you get hybrids, where you're crossbreeding different localities together to get specific traits. Um, you know, from whites and yellows and blues and reds and oranges and so many different colors together. And it's just, it's really cool to actually watch it and look at some of the animals that are produced out there, a lot like um, green trees. The only difference with green trees is I think you have a greater chance of getting what you're looking for. When it comes to specifically line breeding chameleons, as opposed to again, you understand with green trees, you are going to get a lot of. It's a bit of a crapshoot. You know, you're you're playing crap. Is there is there a color change in chameleons?
1: Leg like green trees.
0: There is. Um, most chameleons will pop out, uh, pop out of the egg with some color on them, but it will be very, very muted. Um, or you will get a lot of.
1: Most people are having.
0: Shattering the other. So you gotta. Uh, it isn't until they're about a year. Uh, well, it's about nine months when they first start to show more of their true colors. But even still, it's not until they're about a year old. early. Spring, early. To where they will actually really express those colors on a more regular basis. Uh, Blue is actually a Petco bought chameleon. And initially I was kind of against keeping chameleons because I know they're a little bit more difficult to work with. Right. But when my better half saw that at Petco and was like, oh, I really like this chameleon. This is really, really cool. At it and I said, Babe, you realize that communities that look like this go for three to four hundred dollars from a breeder? If you wanna get it, I'm okay. Let's get it. I'll work on the caging and everything else for it. And sure enough, she's like, Okay, well we're coming home with it. And I'm like, Oh crap.
1: <laughs> you gonna you could have told me that was from camera I wouldn't know the difference.
0: That's that is actually years. from Petco. Yeah, it was from Petco, and we bought that the first within the first six months. We weren't even together for six months yet when she bought that and brought it home. And we just celebrated our three-year anniversary in June. So he was probably anywhere between four to six months old when we brought him home.
1: Now, do you have a female for the male, or do you plan on ever breeding them in the future?
0: We got a female, and we thought about producing um, in the future, but we ended up selling it off to a friend of ours um, who was more interested in breeding than we were. Um, It's just something that we weren't quite ready for it yet uh-huh. uh, again with chameleons and lizards <clears throat> it takes more work especially chameleons chameleons can lay anywhere between 60 eggs at a time Jeez. and I think about 60 babies hatching out and you have to have screened enclosures babies individually Jeez, uh, they can out <laughs> Yeah, they can only be housed together for the first couple of weeks and into a situation where they start hogging food sources or resources. So, for example, the bigger, stronger ones are going to start eating all the food and all the UVB light by being in the best spots. They're going to drink all the water and be in the best spots to get water. And they're going to step over push out of the way um, they're actually kind of violent for a chameleon you don't think chameleon and violence but they're actually pretty violent about it When, um, so they can be really violent about it uh, you risk losing chameleons if you keep them together for a whole lot longer after that, not to mention stress, I mean we all know what stress does to animals um, in just the reptile world in general so yeah, it's one of those where it's really difficult, and we decided that we would rather just hold on to Blue himself as a pet. Um, if or I shouldn't say if, but when Blue does pass, um, you know, we will probably end up getting another one. My goal is to get a Melorai because they're giant and they're amazing, and I really want to get one. Uh-huh. Uh, but, again, they require, like, large enclosure. It's basically like keeping, uh, like, Burmese or a retake or something like that. They need a giant amount of space. You wouldn't think an animal that, you know, is roughly the size of my forearm would need, you know, anything bigger than, you know, four or five foot long enclosure with two foot deep and four foot high. But, no. They actually get super stressed out in something that small. They need basically like an entire room.
1: That's why it's like, if, if people um, randomly buy, buy green trees and imports, everyone always jumps on them about like they're never gonna be able to keep it. It's hard to keep all this shit, but chameleons are even harder. Like, <laughs> and it's like not even the same mentality as any reptile. It's like a totally different ball game than every other reptile.
0: It really is, but if, again, if you if you actually sit down, and I was raised, I, my my dad raised me correctly. Any animal that I ever wanted, he was like, "You better sit down, do your research on it, study it." When I was a kid, my sister, um, and that's actually how I got into snakes to begin with. My sister went to was going to college got into veterinary school, and she went and worked for a veter- uh, veterinarian, and she ended up bringing home a ridiculous amount of animals, oh, we Lord. Ended up a red tail boa, we ended up with a pot pig, <clears throat> we ended up with a ferret, uh, all kinds of animals, and after... Honestly, after the ferret was when I turned around and was like, man, I really want a ferret. This would be so cool. And my dad's like, better sit down and do your research on it. If you want a ferret, you got to study it. You got to learn everything about it. And I was like, all right, cool. So sure enough, what did I do? I, like everybody else, I went to Google and I found the first website I thought of or that popped up and was like, oh, yeah, I know everything about ferrets. And sure enough, I started going on to more dad was like well okay well you went to one website what about the other websites why did it look because that was the only one I needed <laughs> oh yeah because it's the internet it's all going to be the same thing no not the case sure enough I started going on different websites and finding out so many different things about them about the food they eat about the places they live there are, there are different like they're actually different subspecies of ferrets like who would have thought like, Who there's different types. types that? Who different <laughs> things? And I've never, I never, I never guessed. And sure enough, like I went and started doing all kinds of research on them. I was like, oh wow, like this is amazing. <clears throat> so I pretty much have carried that with me my whole life, doing research and going to different places and learning different things about them and getting different opinions and different things. Uh, you know, I constantly talk to you know even Howard, uh, uh, you know, Howard Riddick. I talk to him about the green trees. He doesn't even do green trees. He doesn't know anything about green trees, but we still talk about it. And he still like throws things at me about like the things he's worked with and the experiences he's had. And I'm like, huh? I wonder if that would work. So, for example, like when I was talking about. Uh, doing the feeding cycle when it comes to green trees, I wonder if we could trick jungle carpets or even carpet pythons in general, and we can start breeding carpet pythons any time of year by tricking their bodies with using a feeding cycle. Absolutely.
1: I think that there's a f- only a few factors as far as snakes go. And I've, I've proved it out with corn snake, but that's about the easiest snake in the world to fucking breed, right? So there's a, there's light cycle, there's temperature, and there's feeding cycle. So And for some animals, there's humidity cycle, maybe chameleons and shit like that, shit that will have a wet season. But, I mean, I think that... A, if you're like ball pythons and you breed them a lot, they'll pretty much just want to produce more and more and more. So ball pythons you can breed pretty much any time of the year. But if you're talking about like a carpet python, you could probably do it on feeding cycle and light cycle. Or feeding cycle and temperature. Or temperature and maybe even temperature and light cycle. I don't know, but you just need to manipulate a few of the factors and make a few of them conjoined. So like, I, I cut off my core snakes off a of feed and then ramped them up. So all of a sudden they're like, oh shit, it went from winter to spring, even though the temperature didn't change. So it's like I manipulated the light as well because I draped over them, or they were actually in a closet at the time. So I put them in a closet, and the light cycle's zero, even though that's not reasonable. But if they were brumating, they would be underground, so they wouldn't get any light. So... So, zero light, zero food, but even the temperature may be the same. I keep an eye on if they're losing weight, if they're gaining weight, anything like that. They stay a relatively good weight for two months, then bring them back up, feed them, and bring the life cycle back, and they breed. So, it's like, I hit two of the three, Mm -hmm. and that was fine. Even though those are the easiest snakes to breed in the world, maybe we can start to get there with some of the species that, even though carpets aren't the easiest snakes to breed in the world, they're not fucking rocket they're not rocket science they're not so far past as far as you know all of our jungles have been captive bred for how long because obviously we can't import them so they're pretty substantial as far as generations captive born and bred so i don't see why you wouldn't be able to do that with jungles
0: yeah i agree and I, you know that actually this year i got both my male and female or what I'm hoping are my male and female. <laughs> I haven't had them probed and you don't know I, if they're two males at least. That's I don't I honestly don't know if that's the case. And I would actually talk to a couple people about it because I've yet to have them probed. And if I have two males and there's no female, I wonder if they would spar or combat each other if there's no female to win the prize. They don't have that scent of a female around. Mine are all males,
1: and it was WWE in this bitch when I put them all together. You'll know fucking immediately.
0: Well, because I put my two together, and initially they started kind of chasing each other around the cage. Maybe
1: two feet Go back
0: and forth? Uh, I don't know, and that's the thing. But at the same time, I've also watched them canoodle together a whole lot. And that first introduction, and they would kind of chase each other around the cage, there was all that twitching going on where they were twitching their bodies everywhere. Uh-huh. And yet again, the next by, you know, 4 or 5 6 hours later, canoodling, Just hang out together, no problems. And they ever since then, I haven't separated them yet. And I feed them together. No issues, no no worry about striking one or the other. They're pretty much just kicking it, and they have been for, like, four months now. Wow. And I've yet to see lock, I've yet to see swelling, they both have shed twice. I'm not necessarily seeing plugs or not plugs on one or the other, have they're you, just kind of like, all right.
1: Have you seen any cruising
0: behavior or anything like that? Yeah behaviors. Um, so for example, the one that I'm pretty sure is the female, she spends a lot of time up on this top one, this top piece of cork bark, especially in the evening, she usually will coil up there and the other one will stay down here in the bottom and kind of in that back corner area uh, or underneath the cork bark. However, the male or the one that I think is male will also bury itself underneath the puppy pads quite a bit. And the other one, you know, again, goes up or goes down. This is actually the first time I've seen the one that I think is a female get underneath the puppy pad. Hmm. Again, she's not up top Right. and this puppy pad has actually gotten thicker and bigger since we started this. So no. i sure you crawled down under there with him. Um, so, it I mean, I'm fully open to the possibility that I could have either two males or two females. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I haven't had them probed yet. I've been meaning to do it. I'm not super comfortable with probing myself simply because I don't have the experience in it. Um, and i terrible at popping i've tried popping um even with corn snakes and king snakes but i'm always so afraid that i'm going to damage or hurt the animal in some way shape or form
1: that i think i've found unless it's a baby or very young as far as corn snakes and carpets it's, it's got to be pretty young in order to pop it or else i'm not going to pop it i i did probe my female in quotations that i got but i found out that the prehensile, the prehensile tail all the species of prehensile tails are really good at blocking you from putting that probe in so it's hard to know but like it was who wants that up there yeah, yeah, and it was, it was, dude, it was undeniable that all of ours were male. They were very, very obviously cruising the enclosures, like, looking for females, even though there's no females in here, so, I, I, that's just an experience from me, just three animals, but, like, that's what I felt like.
2: Do you think they smell other species, like, obviously they can't we have mate, a female but olive, but she's do not. do they smell the f- or doing female, the other species of snake females?
1: i wouldn't think so but i don't
0: know Uh, that's a tough one to gauge i mean if you think about it how many different interspecies have been bred i mean you're talking like carpals, you're talking garbondros you're talking the python genus in general you know you're talking morelia in general they they're
1: me. they're above liasis, and if anyone makes a jungle olive hybrid, I'm gonna slap them right in the fucking face. <laughs> That's disgusting.
0: I'm all for frickin' it because again, I've got carpandros. I love carpandros. I will never deny not being obsessed with carpandros. I like another great example. I would never make a carball. No, I I I just don't have the interest in ball pythons. Mm -hmm. I kept my nephews for over a year, and it just it doesn't do it for me. Like again, bill breeds some beautiful, amazing, colorful. They're cool to look at and I will happily go over to his house and check them all out, but I'm not bringing one home.
1: <laughs> and I mean, let's be honest, it's probably a lot easier to breed ball pythons when you're also breeding all the green trees and you have bloods and you have rough scales and you have all the fun stuff. Oh, don't get me started on rough scales. <laughs> so do you, a, do you have a timer on those enclosures? Is that, I, we just saw them all shut off.
0: Oh yeah, it's about that time. Yes, everything is on timers. Uh, Blue has both his light and his missing system on timers, so hold on one second.
1: So if no one saw just all the enclosures, the lights went off and back. If you didn't see because you're listening. Well, yeah,
0: if you're listening on the the downloads
2: later, you can't see.
0: (laughs) He's got... So this is an enclosure. It's actually two uh, enclosures strapped together.
1: Oh, so I thought that those are two separate. So that's uh,
0: one giant enclosure. Well, it is two separate enclosures, but I took the middle piece out. Oh. Uh, uh, enclosures literally zip-tied together. So there's a zip-tie right there holding it together. OK,
2: OK.
1: But that's a, that's a large cage. Is that what you would typically keep an adult male panther
0: in? Now, adult male panthers technically only require two foot wide by four foot tall by two foot deep. I'm one of those crazy breeders and people that like to give their animals everything they can. Um, So, for example example, if someone says, oh, the minimal the, the requirement is two foot wide, I'm going to be like, that's not enough. I need to give it three foot or four foot if I can. If I can afford the space. Right. So that's kind of what I do. <laughs> um, they really only need a two foot, but he's in a four foot. Um, we had him in a two foot for a long time. I ended up picking up this particular enclosure. It came complete with a Miss King system, which is the misters that's going off right now. Uh, And I got it for like a crazy steal. Um, So I said, okay, yeah, cool. So I bought it and I threw him in it and, you know, I've decorated it with plants. I've obviously like this cage was actually in really rough condition when I first got it. Um, But I cleaned it all up. I put all kinds of plants in here. He's got a huge pothos in there. There's a, it's one of those, uh, palm tree, bonsai palm trees in here. He's got some English ivy growing over here in the corner. I mean, but yeah, I mean, he's uh, got all that. He's got some fake plants in there. He's got plenty of branches. He's got some bunch of dowels he can move around. So he can go up and down as far as he likes. Um, somewhere down on this bottom spot. So this is about roughly a foot and a half away from the bottom of the enclosure. Sleeps down there sometimes too. And there's also times he'll sleep in that top back corner over there. Or there's times he will actually crawl actually into the back of the pothos plant there. And he'll sleep there.
1: Uh-huh. So I mean uh-huh. he's utilizing
0: every inch of that enclosure. Absolutely. I mean if you think about it, in the wild they have tree to tree to tree to tree to, tree to move around. And they probably don't move as much as what we think they do. But they probably utilize every inch of that tree that they're on at that specific moment. They probably go up and down and up and down and up and down that tree. And they utilize from every inch of that branch. I mean, if you give them the space and eventually my plan is, is so here's... The reptile or the, the snake enclosures and in that top corner up there i'm going to put this particular pothos plant up there and i'm just going to let it grow down this huge corner here and i'm going to hang some rope and i'm going to go all the way to this enclosure and I'm gonna probably hang another pothos plant wow. in that corner over there. And I'm gonna give <laughs> him free range space. Holy
2: shit! Yeah, well, like Archie munches around the entire there. reptile.
0: <laughs> and again, my, my goal is once he go or once he passes, I'm gonna get a melori And so the melori is gonna need all that space, and he can go from. You know, again, one corner of the room to the reptile cage where he's got lighting. I'll probably put some kind of lighting up here somewhere. Welcome to the some nice UVB lighting, right? <laughs> it's gonna be it's it basically his and I'm working on doing a custom built enclosure for him too. With this, you know, strapped together, you know, excuse the term, but. You know, the the rigged cage. I was gonna say something else, but I decided not to. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna use I'm gonna I'm gonna basically build him a really nice enclosure. It's gonna be stained and it's gonna be super clean looking and I'm super stoked for it. I'm just taking my sweet time doing it.
2: I mean that's a lot of steps, like you I understand. Like that's intense. <laughs>
0: he's going to get a new lighting system. Um, I found a nice, really nice T5 lighting system through Amazon. Uh, It's actually a plant lighting system. And so we actually have one already in our our sunroom in in the house uh, where we also have a bunch of different plants. Um, We really enjoy plants, uh, in case you haven't noticed. Um, I kind of like making the house and... You know parts of the house look like a jungle um just because i like it that much my eventual goal is i'm going to get uh at least a half sleep and get you know carbon pythons green trees and the chameleons or chameleon uh in some various shape and form around at least half a sleeve if not three quarter if i have to make it three quarter i will uh uh-huh. um <clears throat> but you know it's just one of those things. We, we love plants so we have them all over the place i found this lighting system off amazon bucks or 85 bucks to get the setup and it comes with plant bulbs but all it, it's it's a set of four bulbs and they're all t5 high output bulbs and all i have to or all i would have to do is replace two of those four bulbs proper UVB reptile bulbs, and so now I have something that will grow plants and give the proper UVB for the chameleon that it needs, and I can make a giant cage that is that gets full lighting all the way across the cage, and if he wants to, he can get away from it, but he can go, in, go deeper into the cage and get underneath the foliage of the plants, as well as you know he can hide out underneath the different plants as well and to collect more humidity. Uh, Obviously, you know, you're gonna have the plants in there. So as the water is dripping down the plants and dripping down into the soil, and then you've got like the holes and stuff in the bottom of the the planter box that's going to drip out water. So that's just extra humidity right there. So they will find humidity pockets and they will gravitate towards those if they feel that that's what they need that's so awesome
1: i'll tell you a secret like i want to do that with amazon tree boas i want to have like actual plants and like make a big vid with fucking like a pair of amazons
2: yeah that's definitely a emeralds. secret you didn't tell it's me that secret. plan but i'm just
1: <laughs> saying that would be awesome
0: i'm just saying do it There, there's nothing that says that we can't keep these animals she more says- naturally. There's nothing that says we can't keep these animals more naturalistic than what we already do. Okay. Now, I'm not necessarily a naturalistic keeper because we don't necessarily know the soil and things that the plants are planted in and the bugs or anything microbacterial or micro size that we can't see can and cannot affect their immune system it might affect it in a positive way you never know it could be one of those things where it's like yeah my body's not used to this but at the same time i'm still being kept in all the other proper conditions that my body can become used to it it might take time no different than the humans if i live in south texas and i'm not used to it freezing then yeah, when it drops to 20 degrees, I would be like, damn, it's fucking cold. I'm gonna get sick right that. Also, keep in mind, <clears throat> I don't have a spleen. I'm already uh, I'm already immunocompromised because I don't have a spleen. I had an accident many, many years ago. I was riding an ATV in Southern California, I got T-boned by a dirt bike, I broke four ribs, punctured my lung, ruptured my spleen. Had had the spleen emergency removed. Yeah, don't make that face. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: Okay.
0: This was this was well over ten years ago. He threw that thing
1: uh, out long I, ago. <laughs> whatever. Fuck you, spleen.
2: Bye, spleen.
0: <laughs> well, and that's the funny thing was when the, I left the hospital, the doctors were like, you have to get, vaccine. They they gave me the the vaccine before I left the hospital. They said you have to get it a year after today. And every three years after that, you have to go get a flu shot every single year.
2: Which everyone should do. At least the flu shot, per period. Speaking of, guess what? Flu. What? I've yet, since the day I got the hospital,
0: I have never gotten another vaccination.
2: Have you gotten a flu not. shot?
0: Nope. Do you- you're not an anti-vaxxer are you i'm not an anti-vaxxer so to speak but i don't believe in the flu shot and i will tell you i
1: get sick either way usually the flu shot kind of gets me a little sick but
0: i will catch the cold as far as like you know yearly annually i'll probably get it once a year i have allergies and moving from the desert area of southern california South Texas, where we have a whole shit ton of trees of all different kinds, has been a little rough. I've probably gotten sick more here than I did when I was living in Southern California. Because I was living in the high desert area. But at the same time, I still get sick. Literally a quarter as often as even the people I work around. I will literally watch viruses and cold bugs and other kinds of illnesses go rampant through my restaurant. For example, the flu bug this year was really, really bad. I never got the flu.
2: It's it's still flu season. It, it's still, <laughs> it's still t- there's still time. Bring it. <laughs> I also, but
0: again, I have a son, a son my whole it's life since this happens. So my immune system is well is well taken care of. It's used to getting this kind of exercise and workout because I'm constantly exposed to so many different things. But have you been tested for Nido? Am I gonna to have to swab you? Oh, wait, what are you
1: gonna swab me with? Hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold you down and swab your mouth for Nido.
0: That depends on what you're swabbing my mouth with, okay? Are we talking about the 69 thing or is this yeah, going back to the
1: episode? That's Evan. That's not me. That's nothing to do with me. That's between you and oh,
0: Evan. I wasn't sure if you were trying to move in before Evan got me. <laughs> okay. I've been to Evan so I know where he lives, which <laughs> kind of scares me now.
1: That's why we do this over hangouts now and not in person, you know?
2: Yeah, you know, I wouldn't want to give you the flu. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was going to go somewhere with that, but I'm going to cut it off.
2: <laughs> <laughs> at, th-
1: at this point, we just kind of, um, this is where we're not sober anymore, but this is where it adventures off into other realms.
0: I'm on at third drink. Where are you at? Um.
1: Well, these I don't. These must be a little bit lighter than we're used to. This They're is five point six percent.
2: I've only had
1: one beer because it. I think I, gross. I think I've had three, I'm but make but usually we have one like one. a little bit. Oh, our other ones were seven point four, and sometimes I'm left alone, and sometimes I drink like a six pack, which in two hours is too much, especially with higher gravity shit. But
2: okay. Wait, I want to go get a drink of wine. But the thing, Denver. the thing isn't flipping on itself. It's not
1: flipping, so it's, I have to do it manually.
2: Yeah, that's that's
1: higher gravity. Well, I used to, I used to live. Oh, oh my fucking god! You're stepping on the cords. Um, I used to live in Denver, and I used to drink like half a beer. Click
2: it, click
1: it when you're talking. We were
0: good. No way.
1: Yeah. I mean, and then you get used to it, and then kind of, you just go back to normal. So I lived in uh, in Boulder, which was about 7,000 feet, and I think Denver's a mile high, and then went to Texas, which is zero. So you feel like a superhuman for two days, and then you turn immortal real quick. But... So we forgot to talk about jungle carpets as far as breeding. So you were talking to Howard about breeding jungle carpets and then, um, so what did you go with that? How old are your male and female and what was your game plan?
0: Okay, so my male, I purchased, um, purchased let's see uh, five years ago uh, ago um, purchased him from a breeder Um, he's got really good genetics Um, he is his step brother I guess he's from female different male so I guess half brother uh, does have an ocelot gene and looks absolutely fantastic.
1: Like uh, spreading or from a jungle, like something about yeah. ocelating pattern from a jungle.
0: Jag pairing um, previously uh, with ocelot. He and somebody carries the ocelot gene in there somewhere because. His brother came out phenomenal with the total ocelot patterning all the way down the side. Spectacular yellows (laughs) with great clean blacks.
2: Why are you guys laughing? He just spilled beer (laughs) again. This is like the fourth time over all the podcasts that he spilled it, and just the tent thing. To go wrong in this podcast.
0: <laughs> well, it is the five O podcast, so um
2: <laughs> it oh, yeah. okay.
0: So, anyways, um, as far as my female goes, or my supposed female, she's from unknown unknown lineage. She is probably pushing from at least the time i've had her i've had her for about five years now okay either way she's going to be old enough she's also a lot bigger than the male is the male when i purchased him was two years old very very small Like very, very small. He was tiny when I first got him. Um, But he's doing really well. He's beefed up some size. I actually held him off on breeding for a while. Sorry, I'm turning lights back on. I held him off on breeding for a while simply because I was afraid he wasn't up to size and he wasn't going to be able to do the job. Um, but he's doing really really well Um, he's beefed up the size actually I can pull them out
1: now do you think the other one is bigger because you maybe fed her when you were a younger keeper and you fed more often or do you think that it's just a physicality like she's just going to be bigger because she's potentially a female
0: she was actually about this size when I got her so oh, this is okay. this is the one that's the female or the i think is the female uh to me she when i first saw her she does have some muddy coloration to her uh, and when i say muddy i mean she's got some black scales inside of her yellow scales um but to me she is literally the jungle carpet python dream simply because, and I'll explain <laughs> so as you can um, well, she'll sit still for a second, so as you can see from the top half, and again, jungle carpets, jungle carpet pythons are not a whole lot different than green trees they are much more active when you get them out oh, so they're yeah. much harder to get to sit still but in my case from every car- jungle carpet python I've ever worked with it is just like every other one She's actually very, very calm. She will tolerate a whole bunch of crap. Uh Like I'm literally holding her as hard as I can. Well, not as hard as I can, but I'm holding her pretty tightly right now. And her front half is crisp, clean, yellows, blacks, Uh nice lines everything else. Now, the further you get down her back, you can kind of see the tipping. She gets this tipping, which is where you get this yellow flecking up between the black scales. So to me, that is every carpet python or every jungle carpet python under dream. You get nice, crisp, clean yellows and blacks in the front, and the further you go down the back, you get all this beautiful tipping, which is... I don't care what you say 50 50 banded, and uh patterning whatever you want that tipping up there is beautiful i mean it's it's just something you can't really describe or get in any other species of snake yeah not
1: not to mention everyone is breeding at this point for 50 50 bandit it seems like and it's like everyone's got out of this world jungles but i mean the the tipping
0: is what i like as well yeah, and that's also because that's what you got when Chris Behoff did that, that Blaze, that Johnny Blaze and Lemonhead pairing, or Lemon pairing, whatever that whatever that female's name was. Wrong. Those things were just mind-blowingly stunning.
1: And do you know if those had any lineage behind them? Because
0: I don't know of any. Uh, I'm pretty sure Blaze did. But as far as that lemon one, I honestly don't know. I couldn't say on that. I'm pretty sure he ended up picking up that lemon, the lemon one, or he did a um, he did a breeding alone for it. Uh-huh. But I'm not a sure. Now, but again, you... if you look at her, she's pretty mellow. Again, I'm literally punching her in the face, basically. And she's not even attempting to hammer me and she told totally me she could inflict some serious damage on me she's a good-sized girl
1: yeah that's how i did i did a video of all my pythons and all my jungles kind of act squirrely like that and some girl said i don't hold them enough and i'm an animal abuser but um what was the question uh, someone asked what's your feeding schedule with your carpet pythons or your jungles
0: okay so the jungles actually get fed slightly different than um the green trees do she eats once a month, and she gets fed a small rat. That's all she gets. Um, again, I'm also going to keep her a little bit smaller. Um, she's already, you know, a girl. She's over two thousand grams. Yeah. So she's a good size girl. I'm actually worried that I might have overfed her, as well as overfed the male. Um. So mm-hmm. she's a good-sized girl already, and if she does happen to be male, I'm fucked because <laughs> <laughs> be it, it would be way too big to be a a, a really good breeder male. Mm-hmm. Like this would definitely just wind up being somebody's pet. In which case, I would say Fuck that shit. I'm keeping it because it's everything I love about jungles. It's got aberrant and padding aberrant patterning it's got some nice bands to it at the same time it's got the nice yellows and blacks it's got tipping you know it even has i don't know if you can see this very well i'm trying to get it that light just right but you know it looks like it even has some oscillating going down the side you can see There's a yellow circle, and there's actually a tiny little black dot right in there. So it looks like it's got maybe a possibility of Ocelot in there. Somewhere in the genetics, you just have to prove it out. But, again, I got to find something that can prove it out, too. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) If that was the case, you'd be in the same situation as I am with my male. I love my male, but... um a guy who, Gustavo, who actually talks a bunch, he listens to our podcast, listens to Maria Python Radio, like someone who's legit. Like, if I decided to get rid of one of my carpets and it was going to someone I trust, he ended up buying them. So I was like, this works because, honestly, I have no reason to keep three males and maybe I should just have two males. <laughs> so it's like, if I have to give one away, it's gonna be to someone who, like, I know I can be like, hey, dude, how's he doing? Or he'll post up pictures and know how he's doing so that's how i got over my uh my all-male
0: syndrome yeah. and that, actually it's funny that you mentioned that because ian and i go back and forth all the time about azula he's like why did i give that damn snake up she's so beautiful she's so pretty and i'm like dude you're an idiot <laughs> i'm like of course you get because you know, to me, because you know that it, all you have to do is be like, hey, let me borrow her for a few months. And I'm going to be like, yeah, sure. Go for it. Yeah. And it's it's know-
1: one degree of separation instead of, you know, if you sold them at a show or something, you're never going to see it again.
0: Yeah. And it's like, you know, again, I'm going to keep you updated on how she's doing. You know, when she got that R.I., the first thing I did was, you know, messaging and be like, hey, Ian, she's showing signs of an R.I., I'm getting her into the hospital. The doctor right away. And this is my thought, and he's like, "Dude, go for it." And I told him, you know, "Hey, you know, this doctor is not super great, but he's giving her Baytril. I'm going to start her on it, and I'm going to get her to the other vet as soon as I possibly can get her get her in." And he's like, "All right, cool, great." Uh-huh. So at least I was taking precautions. I was doing everything that was necessary for, you know, granted again, we all know Baytril isn't the favorite and is again looked down upon but at the same time at least i was trying to do something to get her through i mean it's
1: i i kind (laughs) of hate i hate how reptile vets work as far as you know you're stabbing in the dark with the antibiotics and it's always antibiotics and it's never actual hard science about what you give the snake
0: excuse you? You try to kiss me?
2: Or bite you.
0: So this is the one that's supposed to be the male. His name is Grim. I spell it
2: G-R-I-M-M,
0: like the brother's Grimm.
2: We know that. The
0: reason we call him Grim oh. is if you oh, look at yeah. the head pattern,
2: look at that. it's
0: a perfect skull pattern.
2: Yeah, the two eyes, the nose bridge, whoa. No.
0: Exactly. Oh, <laughs> and is again, you can see, I just literally grabbed his head. <laughs> and he's not- but again, <laughs> I let him go. And he's totally chilling.
2: See, I can't tell the difference between squirrely and about to bite me. Because, like, yours is super squirrely to me like constantly da, 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 and that yeah I'm like okay I don't like you being squirrely because I feel like I think you're about to bite me I don't like the squirreliness, but you're totally calm with him <laughs> bouncing around
0: it's all body language and I can feel like I can feel the way his body is moving around me too which helps because he's around my neck he's around my head looking hooking me up right now <clears throat> um but uh, my uh, Again, I'm not actually new to jungle carpet python breeding. I've actually kept carpets um, for over 10 years now. And my first trial did not end very well, um, unfortunately. It got cut short due to the fact that I had a really nice male, I had an amazing female um however i believe she was a coastal jungle mix although she was sold to me as a jungle but once she got bigger and she put on some serious size and weight and again this was when i was also a younger keeper and i was doing the typical oh yeah let's throw food at it (laughs) all the time and i kept throwing her with food and she got huge she was probably a about before she passed, she was—I guess about nine and a half foot long. Damn. Uh, she was about the softball. She was probably about this big around. Pretty big. The really nice thing about her was she had a complete and full dorsal stripe. So it literally started like if it was grim, it would—it literally started right about here and went all the way down her spine, all the way to. Pretty much this point of her tail. So his vent is right there. His tail is right there. That's how far it went down. And it was complete. There was no breaks in it. Nothing. She also had a lot of ocelot pattern in her too. Um, this was back when the ocelot gene was first being discovered and i actually questioned a lot of people about it because they were talking about the ocelot gene and what makes an ocelot an ocelot and i was on the npr chat i was on all the different python and carpet python forums as well as and i kept posting pictures of her with Her ocelot patterning and saying well if this is what makes an ocelot does this qualify as an ocelot to me they wouldn't respond at all so kind of funny kind of interesting um but i digress um unfortunately her first breeding attempt was with a really really killer male and a proven breeder Unfortunately, and she was ironically, she was a percher too. Uh, If you gave her a perch, she perched a hundred percent of the time. She also was gravid Uh, again, kind of one of those things where I threw the mail in and was like, "All right, just leave her there or leave him there with her." And if they breed, they breed; if not, they don't. (laughs) She actually dropped eggs. And everything was going smoothly, except for when she dropped eggs, she dropped them all over the cage. (laughs) And I was, again, not prepared for it, because she didn't do the normal, typical swelling. She swelled up a little bit, but not as much as I was expecting her to. Um, So I came home from work one day and there was eggs all over the cage in the water bowl, out of the water bowl, from one end of the cage to the other. She finally dropped a very small clutch of pearls where there was probably four, maybe five eggs stuck together. And I was borrowing a buddy's incubator. That was one of the, um, like four foot wide, igloo boxes uh, that had been turned into an incubator and I tried that and it worked out okay Um, except for the fact that I think I might have got the water mixture wrong for the vermiculite that I was using and I ended up with a bunch of uh, eggs that kind of went bad Uh, looked like they had mold growth on them stuff like that so I ended up ditching that clutch probably before I should have Mm-hmm. That sucks.
1: I mean, Nick Mudd mentioned on um, the the NPR episode like last week that there's so many banded 50 50 jungles out there, but no one has a really nice line of pure black and yellow, you know, striped jungles. So I think that's, you know, that's something for us to be interested in. Because it's somewhere where, like, not many people are going when they should be. <laughs> Yeah, I think you're right. And um, as far as jungles, I mean, you didn't see any copulations or anything like that. And are you, how long
0: do you plan on keeping them together before you separate them? Uh, no, I didn't see any copulations. Uh... Hang on one second. The dogs are going nuts. Give me one second. I'll be right back. No,
2: you're fine.
0: Um... What are you going to say?
2: Uh, someone asked for you to give a brumation on your snakes, and I was just gonna type it and answer them, but since we have a moment, you can just.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're they're still in brumation. <sighs> Um, The temperature's been kind of shitty around here. It goes up and down and up and down. I mean, I've been thinking about taking them out earlier just because the temperature is way too fluctuating as far as it will be 35 degrees and then it will be 70 degrees. Um, I don't mind them getting one or the other once in a while, although I do keep the the, um, heater at 55, or actually rather 51. But... I don't want them being 51 and then 70 and then 80 and 51 again and 80. You know, like, I don't want that much of a swing, although I'm sure it may be fine. But then again, like, nah. So, so like, um, so I may bring them out sooner than I wanted to. I mean, that will all be changed when we move from Texas. I mean these conditions are honestly a little bit harder to keep stagnant or a constant temperature than would be many others just because we seem to have winters and spurts like Mm -hmm. so even no matter how bad the winter is it seems like we'll still get a couple days yeah like we'll still get 75 degree days randomly so it's like you can never really trust it to stay a decent temperature so Uh, So I kind of want to bring them out, but also, you know, when I bring them out of brumation, that means that I need a lot more mice than I have right now. Um, I don't have any adult mice, so I pretty much have to buy, you know, 50 to 100 adult and small mice to make up for so that when I take them out of brumation, I can bring them back up to speed and all that stuff to get breeding season going. So there's a few different things to consider before I bring them out of brumation.
2: Oh, I wish we could keep them. It just feels... I mean, granted... It's a lot know, more convenient. I know mm. nothing, clearly, about breeding snakes, but, like, yeah, like, I don't want to deal with all of that, all those mice right now. Also, it just feels too soon. I don't know. But it's,
1: the, it's, it's a good break, but I got kind of bored
2: at the same time. Uh, okay, yes. On the flip side, I'm like... <laughs> and every day we're trying to post a picture on the Instagram, I'm like, shit, we don't have enough snakes to, like...
1: Just think about all the copulations... <laughs>
2: Yes. Once we bring them out, it will be great to do have all this. But like right now I'm like fuck we don't have any you know, we're running out of pictures.
1: Yeah, because yeah, we only have so many snakes right. that are up from Rheumatia,
2: Right. So. And then the other thing Can I for a second. What? Yeah, go, go.
0: Go ahead. Oh um, no, I was just listening to you guys talk about it and posting on Instagram things like that. Now <clears throat> currently I've been recently trying to I actually didn't have Instagram until uh, seven, nine months ago, maybe a little bit longer. So I finally actually got an Instagram account. And I've been, you know, when I started, I know you were talking to Bill and a couple other people from watching some of the other episodes, Instagram and different um, social media um uh, points and you know sites and things like that uh, I only have both Facebook and Instagram that's all I have I don't have Twitter I don't have any of the other stuff I, I have Snapchat but I don't really post that often on Snapchat Snapchat is kind of more my personal thing as opposed to social actual social media um, uh, <clears throat> that being said, as far as snakes go, uh, currently at the moment, I have one, two, three, four, five. I have six snakes, and I really don't post the leopard geckos at all on my Instagram page. Mm-hmm. So I have seven snakes and a chameleon, and I have over 500 followers. More of a recent development. Um, I do have one, f- my female mystique is currently out on breeder loan. Uh, she has been for a couple months. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about it simply because the person she's out on breeder loan with doesn't really want me to discuss it.
2: Uh, so, um, oh,
0: it's just until we have something more exciting to actually talk about. She's currently going through, um, quarantine period. Um, she's doing well so far. Um, nothing no no news is good news as of yeah. yet. Um, I have talked to the person that she's out on Greenerland with, you know, a couple times since you know she went over there. Um, she seems to be doing just fine, no issues. Uh, she should be coming out of quarantine actually fairly soon. Um, but again, you know, we really don't have anything to go off of yet. So there's not really a whole lot of point in advertising it just simply because we don't want to count our chickens before they hatch, so to speak.
1: Right. And uh, I think there's plenty of like, of Instagram accounts and stuff like that who have like – there's one snake who has an Instagram. They have thousands of followers. So I think we just get sketched out about making – because like honestly, you could post – a hundred pictures of your, like, Carpondro and everyone would love it just because it's an amazing snake, you know? So it's, like, I think if you give a hundred different pictures of an amazing snake, it's just as well as having one picture of a hundred mediocre snakes or something like that.
0: Yeah, I think it does make a difference. I also think, you know, the variety does make a difference, too. Um, so, but, again, I will notice a substantial difference between... The amount of likes I get on one photo versus another photo. So pretty much anytime I, oddly enough, anytime that I post a picture of either my jungle carpets or the Carpondra, I will actually get less likes on those images than I will on any one of my green trees. Um, Azula and Doc Holiday get hands down the most amount of likes anytime I post any picture of them. Mm-hmm. See, I used to. See, matter. We
1: like we flip flopped as far as it used to be mostly Morelia on our page, and now it's mostly corn snakes. So back in the day, it was Morelia would get all the likes, and corn snakes would get none. And then the more we posted corn snakes, all the corn snakes get likes. And now a green tree will get just as many likes as a corn snake. So it's like it all evens out. I think you cater your audience towards whatever you post. But um, someone asked if you plan on getting any carpet slash Morelia species, or are you sticking just with jungles and green trees? (laughs) Which is a hard Uh, question. At the
0: moment... (laughs) Yeah, it's a really hard question. Um, At the moment, at least for this year, until I get my room completely set up the way I want it, I think is a factor on why maybe some of my animals didn't go this year. Uh, We moved into this house as of April of... 2017 and all my breeding attempts were in the fall of 2017 um, pretty much most people <laughs> who breed anything Morelia, uh, especially carpets and green trees will tell you if you move you pretty much screwed yourself for that year right um, but again I'm still willing to try um, I'm s- still trying to some things again jungle carpets it's not my first time this is actually the first year I've attempted breeding that I haven't actually even gotten eggs out of anything again I also realized that I just moved earlier this year as well as the fact that neither one of the two animals have officially been probed in front of me, with me as a male from the breeder but again mistake can be made it happens all the time i even if it did turn out to be a female and not a male i wouldn't be mad i wouldn't blame the breeder it just works. dude i mean we have
1: multiple projects where i've been breeding or i've been raising up snakes for three to five years that i thought were females i finally found a male from them and they're both males so i feel it's a tough one Yeah, so I feel your pain if you have all males because, trust me, I've been there before. I think we've all been there before, but we are well over two hours.
2: Oh, only 11
1: minutes over.
2: (laughs) Oh, so 11 (laughs) minutes over two hours.
1: Yeah, we started late, so we went late. And, and then later <laughs> but uh Brandon can you give out some of your information where people get intoxicated? In, uh, I'm, in- drink- I'm intoxicated um, not. get You've in contact with you I've had three
0: but you should not be intoxicated I just can't talk alright absolutely the um, so i all- obviously um, my Facebook is just Brandon Sanders. Uh, no S at the end it's just S A. do you hate
1: that shit by the way if people call you Sanders
0: uh I did when I was younger, but I've also grown up with that issue of being called Dion Sanders and Colonel Sanders. <laughs> so now that I'm older, I really don't give a crap. I'm like whatever. Like if somebody says it, like if it's on like my tax return or something like that, I'll be like no and er, there's no s. Yeah. But other than that, I really don't care. Um as and then uh, uh, again i'm on instagram Um uh, my instagram it's reptiles by dot brandon sander um again you can probably find me pretty easily um my profile picture is of myself and my family um because that's what comes first uh but obviously if you click on it you'll see my logo uh, the different snakes, some of the, or some pictures of the different animals I keep all on my cover photo, um, as well as, you know, again, my Instagram, my Instagram profile picture is my logo. So it should be fairly easy to find me. Um, it's actually pretty simple. It's a picture of a green tree python, you know, on a brand with some blue coloring to it. Um, actually give me a second i can pull a picture of it
2: oh
1: <laughs> I, I accidentally I, and i know it's sander because i wrote it 20 times today but in the youtube
2: title it says, for this Brennan podcast sanders. it says sanders
0: oh shit so i fucked up it's all good i won't i won't fault you for it
2: well my name
1: no one knows everyone calls me feline or feel what or is it about sanders what is it what? Wait.
2: You keep cutting out. Blank or <laughs> see,
1: see, it's failing, yeah. and it, it doesn't make any sense, so I understand why people can't pronounce it. It's, it's all right, Brandon so, Sanders. It's all right. Okay. That's
0: the picture that you'll see on my cover. Or on my... Who did your logo? Profile. Uh, actually, my logo was done by Jeff Frederick.
1: There you go. I was about to say it's a good breeding uh, tree. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, I, I I talked him into it for you know a, a very. I just talked him into it. We'll put it there. <laughs> uh, you want a breeding loan? <laughs>
1: uh, and he- no, no, no. It, it actually cost me money.
0: It, it cost me actual
1: dollars. Actual doll hairs. What? Well, anyway, you can reach us at PoorCityPythons.com.
2: Yeah, buy our shirts. Oh,
1: fuck <laughs> off. Instagram, portcitypythons, Pythons. Facebook, portcitypythons. You're supposed to say that.
2: Oh, sorry. Facebook, portcitypythons, Pythons. Instagram, portcitypythons, Pythons. YouTube, and... Inst- <laughs> to port city python <laughs> plug for southeast carpet fest coming fest. oh
1: sorry and we forgot to say that at the beginning okay
2: wait oh, i'm sorry uh, uh, i told you you have beer saw. in your butt chin shut, <laughs> shut your I mouth Shut
0: your mouth. don't forget See? southern carpet fest
2: yes this sorry. year okay we With still look whose house yeah, it's probably gonna be. It's gonna at be at, um, Brandon
1: Sanders with an S. It's gonna be at his house, so show up.
0: I'm down with that. My better half, my little <laughs> pissed at me, but I'll work with it. <laughs> but your spare okay. room's gonna turn to a South jungle. East Carpet
2: so. Fest, February 10th Cape Coral, uh, Florida. Southern Carpet Fest, May. To be announced. To be announced. To be announced. May. Yeah, educations, education. Wow, sorry. Loc- You're retarded. Location. location. You're retarded. The location we can't handle this shit anymore. Okay.
1: We're done. are you cut off already?
2: We're cut off in more ways than one. Shut up. I'm so sober. I just there's so many issues with this podcast today. I'm over it. Okay. Thanks everyone for hey, watching. Hey hey hey. Next time will be exciting fifty one. <laughs> hey
1: Thanks 51. for joining us for our
2: fiftieth, which means we <clears> will <throat> be doing this for
1: almost a year—one year.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I- <laughs> the crowd, the crowd goes fucking wild. I had to think about how many. <laughs> I didn't think about how many. Why years are we still talking into these microphones? For a second. God damn it. Okay. Later, guys. Bye, everyone except watching. for Brandon. Yeah, we'll Wait. see him after. We'll see him after, but everyone in YouTube, In goodbye. YouTube
1: land.